55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Man, alive Monday got here quick, did it not? Gracious, alive. I went to bed, it was Friday night. I blinked, and here it is on Monday. Welcome into a Reaction Monday on the show. I'm Matt Wyatt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, and friendly service. That and more at Farm Bureau. And by the way, by the way, I'm going to start you off. A big old thank you to the folks at Farm Bureau helping to support everything that uh, we do here on the Matt Wyatt Show. Also out in the video world. And also uh, these uh, football, food, and film study dinners that are coming to a town near you. And coming to the Jackson area right there at Char. Restaurant in Jackson on October 3rd, presented by Farm Bureau, Madison County. And my friend Bob Atkins and the guys there at Farm Bureau in Madison County. Oh, God, we love him. (laughs) Ah, Bob, we love him. And uh, I really appreciate them for being a part of that. If you hadn't gotten your ticket yet to that event, go to my website, mattwyattmedia.com, on the events page and get your ticket. We'll see you in Jackson on October 3rd. Before that, though, coming to Vicksburg on September 19th, so right around the corner. I'll see you in Vicksburg if you can make it over there as well. Roger, what's up on a Monday, buddy? Hey, man, that weekend did go by fast, didn't it? I'm telling you. Is it, what is it? Is there's, I mean, is, why are some weekends different than others in that regard? You know? This time flies when you're having fun. Maybe that's what it is. Well, we did I'm sure have you some- didn't watch any football after you got done. Uh, Saturday, did you? Man, my poor family. <laughs> uh, and it's like, they ha- this time of year, they just, like, he's useless. Matt is useless. You're like one of those, uh, what do they call them, deer hunter widows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They know I'm just useless this time of year. Once the Football NFL. season widow. Well, and look, it's the way it is for me, Roger, in, in, in a lot of ways. You know, the foot, the college football thing is like work. And now, it's not like nailing up shingles, okay, putting up sheetrock. Laying bricks, no, not that kind of work. But I'm saying I don't pay attention to every game and watch four or five games every college football Saturday. I can't because I'm working the Mississippi State game on the radio. It's what I want to do. It's what I love doing. But it's a different way of approaching it. It's like when I heard Chris Brooks talking about the things of getting into the stadium and all that kind of stuff. I thought, well, um, I don't know what that feels like. I have never known what that feels like, <laughs> you know? So I, I was thinking how cool it would be if you just parachuted in every time. Yeah, that's right. Right there into the stadium. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, so that's different. So the NFL thing, watching the NFL on television to me is is kind of like being a – that's my – that's Fanville for me. Okay? And, Dak this weekend? Did you see that? Oh, my gosh. And I want to get into that, too, because, um, look, they were incredible. The Cowboys and Dak was just out, outstanding. You know, it, it would have been hard for him to be better, frankly, uh, for that matter. For all the naysayers while they were negotiating, yeah. they say he's not worth that. Yeah, I know. Well, he Setting is. Setting records now. There you go. Setting records. So, <clears throat> it was great. All in the same game yesterday, I got to watch the Chiefs win. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, and they're good. It was a little scary there. Tyreek Hill had to leave the game, and we're you know everybody's worried about him. But you can win without him, frankly, if you're the Chiefs. You can, but he's an incredible weapon. You hate to have to go on without him. Um, Patrick Mahomes, a little banged up. He's okay. Everybody settle down. Patrick Mahomes, okay. But in the same game, get to watch Gardner Minshew play. So we're going to talk about Minshew. He's now a starting quarterback in the NFL. Really I heard this cool. on, on ESPN radio. The beginning of the Gardner Minshew era. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Isn't that something from Brandon yeah. High School? Isn't that great? So anyway, glad for him. Yeah, and that's on Sunday. And then watch Dak. Um, they beat up on the Giants, and he was outstanding. Uh, they were really good. And I said this last night on the podcast that this new podcast we do called Wrap Up. By the way, if you're listening, you haven't subscribed to that, do so. It's a twice a week podcast called uh, The Wrap Up. It's available on iTunes right now. You can subscribe. You'll see the the logo with my name on it. Uh, but I said on there, this is just the way it is, Roger. And I, it's not like letting some cat out of the bag, but. People on these big national platforms, and they'll find people they're going to pick on. It's like, or, or certain, they say something once and they kind of have to stick to it. But you'll notice there's always somebody to argue the other side. You notice that? And yeah. So a lot of what they're doing there is very intentional. Like guys like Whitlock and Cowherd, and they get this rap of, oh, they just can't stand Dak. It's not that at all. It's just that they figured out that's one way to, to needle the Cowboys fans out there and to always get attention is by I'll take the negative route on Dak and then we'll get somebody else to say the other thing. So a lot of that is intentional. It's like being actors in big time media. Hate to bust everybody's bubble, but that's true for them anyway. And so there's some of that. But in reality, it's this this is reality on Dak. You these three things right here don't go together. Okay? So everybody listen up. And then we're coming back to your reactions on the phone line. I'll give out the number and we'll get into the text. Okay. Just let me say this before we move forward. These three things don't exist together regarding Dak Prescott. You can't find someone who is, number one, highly intelligent. Number two, knows a whole lot about football. And number three, is critical of Dak Prescott. That does not exist. Those three things in one package, one person, do not exist. One, highly intelligent. Two, knows a lot about football. Three, critical of Dak Prescott. You can have two out of three, but you will not find all three things factually in a person. Think about that statement. All right. So what was your weekend like and what did you think? State whipped up. On Southern Miss, 38-15, the final in that ballgame. Uh, Ole Miss whipped up on Arkansas. 
Now, here's a fact on that. Ole Miss played a heck of a ball game. Ole Miss played a heck of a ball game. Arkansas is terrible. But Ole Miss did play a heck of a ball game. So that's what you get is, um, you know, a score that's one of these 31 to 17 ball games. So 31 17 Ole Miss over Arkansas. Uh, what it proves is, you know, Arkansas is the worst team in the league. They play Vanderbilt, they lose. But what it proves is Ole Miss is not really by any stretch the worst team in the league. They are better. And then their offense comes back home, gets on track. They had a good crowd. So that's a really good win for Ole Miss. It is. It's one they had to have. Um, So you had a lot this weekend to consume and to talk about. And what I'm curious is, you know, if you're listening, did it meet your expectations at all? All right, so let me know. Here's how you can communicate with me today. I'd love to hear from you. You can text the show, 885-ESPN. If you're watching on Twitter, number right over my shoulder. It's gotten cut off, and that's my fault. It says 885-ESPN. <laughs> it's also 885-3776. Here's a number to the Divini Equipment phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States. It means they've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Divini Equipment, right here at home. The Divini phone, 995-1059. Put it in the contacts. Put it in the contacts right there. There it is. Put it on speed dial. 995-1059. That's the number to the phone. So hit me up there. Texts coming in. Zach says, any word on Tommy Stevens? Not officially. Maybe we get something. Joe Moorhead's going to have his press conference in about 20 minutes if you're listening live right now. Uh, and so maybe we get some stuff on Twitter. I'm not there. Obviously, I'm in the studio. Uh, we'll see what comes out of it. I, who knows? I have no idea what they're going to say. I think it's quite possible they could come in there and say something like, hey, he's day-to-day. It's also, I would think, quite possible they could say, we think he's going to be okay. Seems to me, I mean, you got Kansas State coming in. I would just let it linger. I'd play that game. If I were the coach and I felt like Tommy Stevens was going to be able to play this weekend or even if it was just close, I'd say day-to-day and just let it linger. Let them wonder. Who who are you going to prepare for, Tommy Stevens or Garrett Schrader? (laughs) You don't have much on Schrader. Not that I'm sure it's a huge difference for them in preparing defensively, but still, uh, I would probably just let it linger and decide it internally. So I don't expect something to be – you know, um, 100% confirmed, solidified, or whatever divulged today. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, here's here's a quick thought on that. Have y'all ever heard of something called an AC joint separation? It's different than a shoulder separation. When you hear so-and-so separated their shoulder, that's when that ball and socket joint up in your shoulder goes and comes out, and then maybe goes back in or has to be put back in. The AC joint is where your collarbone goes over and meets the top of your shoulder joint. And there's no ball and socket there. That's just bone sitting on top of another connected with cartilage. That's the AC joint, and it can get separated. And it's really painful when it does. Um, Some worse than others. 
I had that injury once. I was a senior in high school. The, in fact, the last high school football game I ever played in, towards the end of the game, I got that. It was on my sh- throwing shoulder. And because I didn't get it healed up right, it kind of caused me to miss the entire basketball season right after that in high school because it didn't really heal up like it was supposed to. It was a really weird injury because it was one of those things you didn't know what movement did or didn't affect it. It wasn't like other joint stuff. Like you could move around, maybe even throw a ball and it'd be fine. And then one little thing, reach for a Coke can or something, and it would start hurting and just hurt like the devil. So it was iffy. Um, I have heard behind the scenes that that's possibly could be what he had. And when you watch how he fell, it's absolutely like you see it all the time where he's holding the football, protecting that, and so the shoulder hits the ground, and you get that little separation there on that collarbone out there on top of your shoulder. gets really you know sore. And if you look, Tommy Stevens, when he left the game there in the second quarter, in the second half, he came back out, was on the sideline, had his jersey on, no pads, but had his jersey on. He was high-fiving teammates, shaking hands, both arms, both hands. There was no brace on his shoulder, nothing, no sling or anything like that, which that was, you know, hopefully a good sign that it wasn't something that was going to be terribly, terribly serious. Um... I talked to someone who was an orthopedic, one of these orthopedic guys, about it, and I said, "What about this AC joint thing?" And it's a doctor who said, "Yeah, you know, they, they people play through that all the time. You put a pain shot in it. You know, I say pain shot, whatever that is. You just put a shot in it. Well, apparently, if you remember Jake Coker, who played quarterback at the University of Alabama." Championship run several years ago, whatever it was, four, five, six years ago. He'd started his career at Florida State, eventually transferred to Alabama. Uh, apparently, he was a guy who dealt with one of those in the throwing arm, and every week they put a shot in there, and he'd go play and get through it. It's Because it's largely not something that you're going to aggravate once it's hurt. So, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm totally speculating on this, but based on some of the stuff you hear, I think all that that I just said would be about best-case scenario. So let's see what we see. None of the rumblings and smoke, anyway, to that fire seem to be like season-ending or miss weeks after weeks after weeks kind of thing. It doesn't seem to be that way. So if you're a State fan, I think you can you know, probably feel pretty good about it. Three Hump Camel on the text line says, Cowherd was bashing Dak before he even took an NFL snap. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? What did he call him, a tight end? And he's kind of, Dak's made him and others kind of look foolish. Did yesterday as well. Out of the gun, Prescott, play action, got a man wide open to the middle. That ball is caught by Jordan at the five, and he walks in easy for the first Dallas touchdown of the year. First down, play fake. Boot to the right, Witten's open. At the five, touchdown for the goal. Snap is back. They twist, stunt, fade left side of the end zone. Oh, a little throw. Touchdown. Touchdown to Amari Cooper, and that throw was perfect from Prescott for 27 yards. 
And second and five from the 25 play action. Blocked from Tyron Smith. Deep middle in stride at the five. Walking in for the touchdown. It's Randall Cobb. All right, those highlights from uh, Brad Sham, voice of the Cowboys. 105.3, the fan out in Dallas. That's what it sounded like on the radio. Yeah, he was bashing him before he ever took an NFL snap. He's been really good. He's about to make a lot of money. And honestly, he looks like um, he's about to have a really good year. He was in total control of their offense yesterday. Um, It'll get harder week to week. Giants won't be the best defense they face. The Redskins looked better, didn't they? They 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 weren't able to finish that game against the Eagles yesterday. But they look better. And uh, so I guess what? Cowboys go up there? So we'll see about that. Man, I can't wait for that game tonight. Saints hosting the Texans. Louvier called in on one of the other shows earlier and said that uh, the the Saints gave the Texans the opportunity to forfeit the game since they're definitely going to lose anyway. They wanted to do it, but the NFL said, no, nah, we got too much, you know, too many entertainment dollars tied up in this thing. You're going to have to play the game. <laughs> that was Louvier's story. All right. LD on the text line says, do you think LSU's defense is that bad or was the Texas offense that good? I think that um, Texas' offense is pretty good. Yep, they're pretty good. And I just don't think LSU's defense is bad. You know, they have way too many NFL-type players on that side of the ball. And look, man, Joe Burrow. Wow. That third and 17 at the end there where he's getting knocked around like a pinball, still lets it go. It's accurate. Guy catches it, makes one guy miss, and hits his head on the goalpost. Touchdown. Seal the game. And then I had to laugh because he's over on the sideline doing the little pageant wave to the Texas fans, the Longhorns fans, telling them (laughs) bye-bye. He's like, (laughs) bye-bye. I was like, oh, he's feeling it. You can tell that as a guy who is feeling it right there. All right, text line. Roger, I closed out, accidentally closed. Here it is. I thought I'd closed out my call screen, but I got it back up. Uh, the text line here says, uh, it's an unnamed texter. I'm an Ole Miss fan, and the fashionable win over Arkansas was very surprising. We looked like a Rich Rod offense. Run heavy, but use spread and tempo when needed. The offense was full of quarterback runs, tight ends were used, RPO, and scoring in the red zone. Yeah, Corral, what, 16 of 24. Roger, are you a mathematician? Can you tell me what that percentage is? That's funny, no. Me neither. Hey, I don't have the slightest clue, brother. Here, I'm going to punch it in my handy-dandy iPhone from C Spire. That is 67%, 246 yards and two TDs. Uh, Scotty Phillips was impressive. 26 carries, 143 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And that's it. You know, here's what I would say if, if to any Ole Miss fan. A home game at night in week two against Arkansas, an SEC team who's at the bottom of the league right now, was just what the doctor ordered for you. You lose a season opener away from home on the road to Memphis. Down in the dumps, woe is us, we didn't score, yada, yada. Defense better, but we're bad on offense. All that kind of stuff. Because it was 6.30, the kickoff was 6.30, that helped you with your attendance. The first home game helped you with attendance along with 6.30. 
And the fact it's an SEC game helped you with attendance also. All those factors helped you with attendance, which the attendance and the atmosphere helped your team play better. Matt Luke said it. And it happened to be against an Arkansas team that you could go and get some confidence against. Okay? They're terrible. And that's what you needed, was to play somebody like that in front of a nice home crowd to get your confidence back and to, you know, to feel running the offense and getting some drives going up and down the field and get that experience. Again, playing Arkansas, when you played them, given what happened the week before, was just what the doctor ordered for that Ole Miss team. Here's a text from uh, Gerald and Florence. Hey, man, how much uh, how much improvement in tackling do you expect? Oh, wait a minute. That's going back to last week, isn't it? Yeah, that was last week's question. Sorry. Gerald says, how impressed are you with Tommy Stevens before he went down with the injury on Saturday? Really, really impressed with Tommy Stevens. He is um, he's so accurate with the football. Now, again, you know, they're playing Southern Miss. Southern Miss is not an SEC team, but Southern Miss is a pretty good defense. They were last year, and they're going to be this year. And, um, man, he was just so comfortable. Part of that is they have a really good offensive line for him to stand behind. He's good and confident there. But just picking him apart. He goes 8 for 8. He finished 9 for 10 with two touchdowns, and he threw the ball. Nine completions to, like, six or seven different receivers for Tommy Stevens. Um he was totally dialed in before he got hurt in that ball game. No question about it. Adrian and Fluffy and all y'all, I'll get to your text coming up next. Just getting started on your Reaction Monday. So text or call. On this Reaction Monday, week two of the college season behind us. Long way to go in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Welcome in on this Reaction Monday. I'm looking to get your reaction today. So hit me up on the Divini phone. Wonder what Gator Greg thinks. The Gators stomped UT Martin. The Vols lost in overtime to BYU. Two losses in a row for them. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, I'm curious. I, I, I'm i curious as to what uh, Gator Greg and others think. So y'all let me know. On the Divinity phone, it is 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Also, text the show, the text line wide open to you, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. Adrian in Anchorage, Alaska. A1 Dog on the text line says, I think it's fair to say that State impressed Saturday, even though the score wasn't lopsided due to playing so many young guys. I mean, but hold on. like 38 to 15 isn't lopsided? What is it? <laughs> Look, just because Alabama and Georgia put up 60-something points on somebody, 
okay, states not Alabama or Georgia right now. And look, just because South Carolina put up 70 points on Charlotte, I got news for you. Southern Miss ain't Charlotte. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> I mean, 38-15, you'd take it all day, every day. He says, how big is it, the fact that there were so many underclassmen that played and got snaps and played very well for the future of the season and those to come? Yeah, I mean, the freshmen that are playing right now in these first two games, and I would imagine this week those snaps probably go back a little bit. Like you don't have as many snaps probably for freshmen. Even maybe some of those freshman corners, we'll see, even though they're very good. Um, and then certainly against Kentucky, I think you get into conference play, you you fourth game of the year, you're going to have probably even fewer snaps for some of those freshmen who have played. But it certainly is good because you're going to have people get banged up and inevitably every team has it. There will be a player or two who is not able to redshirt because injuries ahead of them on the depth chart force them into playing time throughout the year. So uh, all of that's good. You start building up the experience. The good thing is you're seeing them jump in there and play right away. Garrett Schrader, quarterback. Emerson, the tall, good-looking corner from Pensacola, had the interception at the end of the game. Jarian Jones, a Mississippi kid, playing as a freshman corner in the first two games and playing really well. Freshman defensive lineman, Pickering, I thought, played well the other day and some snaps there. So, um, I mean, it, it was good. Good to get him in. Kobe on the text line, 885-ESPN, 885-3776. Kobe says... I forgot about Burrow until I heard you. He is a college, what does that mean? College what? You meant to say QB, didn't you? College QB that you can see the improvement system or skills. His game has improved. LSU versus Bama may actually be exciting this year. Yeah, I mean, they look to have an offense that can step up there and, and challenge the thing that we, look, Alabama's defense is on a different level than Texas's is. Period. You know, but but LSU's own defense may be on a different level than Texas. Texas got a pretty good offense. You know, the challenge when they face Alabama, even when they face Florida, is a tougher challenge than what they faced against Texas. The thing is, they went to Texas, they executed on the road in front of 100,000 people. And you got to give them credit, man. They they do look like they have their act together, for sure. Fluffy says, I was at the Ole Miss game. Ball control was t- terrible. I'm not sure how many fumbles there were, but it was bad. I mean, I can look it up. I mean, Ole Miss just got everything they wanted out of that, though, and that was a fun night for their fans, kind of get back in, in with their team, on board with their team, win a game, win an SEC game, feel good about yourself for a week. Bulldog Barney asks if you will grade offense, defense, special teams. Overall grade for the team in the Southern Miss game. The offense put up 38. Your starting quarterback left the game before halftime. Never turned the ball over. One quarterback completes 90%. The other one completes 70. Your running back goes for 127. Um... Ten different guys caught passes. Offense gets an A. 
Defense probably, you know, you gave up 15 to Southern Miss. Yeah, I mean, so overall, what, B plus, right? They probably tell you that. You get an A if you give up a touchdown. You give up two, you probably get a B plus. And I thought special teams gets an A. They eliminated the return game of Southern Miss. The punter averaged 50 yards, and that was without any big boomers. They were all at about 50 yards. He killed two or three inside the five-yard line, and uh, they hit their field goal, right? So, or they missed one field goal, one long one, but they hit a chip shot. I know they hit the extra points. I'd have to go back and look. So I'd say special team gets an A for sure. Text here from Norman says that he thought Schrader played above his years. I was very pleased with his moxie as a true freshman. I'll tell you this much about Garrett Schrader. Moxie is not something he is short on. (laughs) Roger, that's a true freshman who, as what I said on the broadcast is, every room he walks into, he believes he owns it. <laughs> That's confidence, not an issue with him. Joe Moore. Does everybody else believe it? <laughs> well, right. I mean, and Joe Moorhead kind of alluded to that at the end of the game that, yes, he's not lacking for confidence, but you'd rather have that as opposed to the alternative. And, and that's definitely, definitely true. That's exactly how I feel about it as well, especially at quarterback. And man, look, he just went in there. Here's what y'all saw with Schrader the game moves so much faster than practice does. Even with that, true freshman playing his first game, he had some really nice completions. He had a couple of balls, one that was incomplete, one that was caught, where he read it, everything, but that little half second of hesitation caused the ball to be just slightly behind the receiver instead of right out in front. And that's the difference between practice and game. And you can't get ready for it in in practice. You just got to go play a college game the first time to experience it, to kind of know and start to get used to it. In spite of all that, he didn't turn it over. He never put it in harm's way. And before the day was up, he made a couple of you know, left hash to the right sideline throws to show off this big arm that he has because a kid has a – he has a big-time arm. <clears throat> I mean, big time. So he's got a bright future, and I think he probably is your quarterback of the future, you know, barring something unforeseen, injury, something like that. Southpaw on the text line. Two weeks in, who do you have in the college football playoff title game and who wins it all? Man, I don't know. I know this. I can sit right here, and I could have told you this two weeks ago before seeing them play. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Take those three, three best teams in the country, period. It's it's one of the things we talked about that's not good for college football is to have so much that we already know before we've ever played a game. But it's a fact. And these last two weeks have done nothing to disprove that. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia are better than everybody else. They just are. Is Ohio State in there? Okay. Well, maybe. But that's kind of what we know. So so I'm not making fun at all. I'm saying the answer is a very easy question. The question is very, very easy answer. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, disproving my own point right there, huh? Yeah, and uh, Kobe, Lamar Jackson, that was just incredible. Um, the Dolphins are terrible. But you you score 50-something points in an NFL game, you're executing. I don't care who you play against. 
I don't care who you play against. You score 50, you're executing. And they executed their offense. Looks like he can lead them up and down the field. Hey, long way to go. We come back. I'll let you hear what they said after the game and highlights of what it sounded like on the radio for both State and Ole Miss. That's coming up on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Back on the show, let's tune in, shall we, live to Joe Moorhead's press conference at Mississippi State, reviewing the win over Southern Miss, previewing Kansas State. I, I'm just joining it. It's in progress. Let's see what they're talking about. This time last week, I, you would ask me about Darrell Williams. You know, I would have said that he wasn't going to play, that he was out, but he progressed pretty quickly. So, uh, you know, we're going to see where it goes with Tommy and how he progresses during the week. So I don't want to rule him out completely, and we'll just you know, see how it goes. You mentioned the 21 and 22 they run. But Personnel, yep. What, what do you think the biggest difference is from a climbing coach team compared to facing Coach Schneider at Kansas State? Uh, I, I think maybe schematically it's a little bit different, but I think in terms of mentality and philosophy and culture, they're, they're not trying to trick you a bunch. They're not trying to create a bunch of diversion uh, schematically in, in any of the phases, but they, they recruit tough, smart, disciplined, kids who play with tremendous effort and, uh, you know, they're not going to beat themselves. So in terms of, you know, similarities between the two things, and I think that's probably why, you know, Coach Kleiman fit the mold of what Kansas State is accustomed to, and I think that's why it's been a good seamless transition for them. All right. So there you get a little bit of a listen to what it sounds like. Um, any highlights from that that stand out? Any information that comes out of that? I'll be sure to do my darndest to get it to you. Uh, in a timely manner. Today, tomorrow, sometime. Okay? I'm sure they're asking, and we'll get some information about Tommy Stevens and others. So we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Not sure why it's not coming through on Twitter. Who knows? I have no clue if I'm having internet issues here in the studio or not. I just don't even know. I don't care, though, because I got sound right in front of me. As I promised you, here's what it sounded like on the radio. I'm going to start with the call of the Mississippi State win over Southern Miss from Learfield IMG College. The voice of Mississippi State, Neil Price, on these highlights starting in the first quarter. First offensive possession. This is how it ended for the Bulldogs. And the shotgun on second down and a short four. Three-step drop for Stevens. Has time. Throwing deep. Looking for Mitchell in the end zone. Up the ladder. Did he hang on? Touchdown, Bulldogs. What a grab. Mitchell right in front of the uprights. Yep. 7-zip. All right, let's reel them off. Here's some more highlights. And off Hill, off the left tackle, takes it inside the southern 45, breaks a tackle 40, coming to the near side 35, hurdles a man at the 30, and then steps out of bounds at the southern miss 27-yard line. Oh, my, what athleticism from number eight. From the southern miss 11, Stevens fakes a handoff, throws into the end zone, touchdown, Bulldogs. Stephen Gidry all alone in front of the goalpost. Perkins, the running back, lined up as one of three receivers left to right. Abraham on the empty backfield, lost the ball. Stripped free by Marquis Spencer. State dives on it, and the officials say it's Bulldogs' ball. And off Gibson, big hole up the middle. He is going to walk into the promised land. 
Nobody touched Nick Gibson from 14 yards away. Touchdown. Burnett hands it off Hill. He'll drag a man into the end zone. Touchdown, Mississippi State. Hemby hit him but couldn't stop him. And Kylan gets into the end zone for the second time this year. Out of the shotgun. Handoff Weatherspoon. Big hole off right tackle. Inside the 20. Lee breaks a tackle. 10. 5. There's his first touchdown. Lee Weatherspoon takes it to the house from 22 yards out. Touchdown Bulldogs. That's going to be the final play of the game. So Mississippi State, similar to last week, had to overcome some injuries. Played a lot of young guys again. Bulldogs will walk away with a 38-15 win. And that's the call from Learfield IMG. That's Neil Price uh, there on those highlights. A little from Moorhead right after the game. Bowed their back, bowed their neck, and, and found a way to win. And uh, I think that's indicative of the progress we're making in the culture and the leadership and the chemistry of our team that no one cares if it's offense, defense, or special teams. You know, who's touching the ball, who's making the plays. You know, as long as we end the the – the the game one and zero, which we did, and we talked about breaking the season into twelve one week seasons and uh, doing everything we need to do to win that game. And you know, we found a way to fight and scratch and claw and and, and get it done against a pretty good football team. Were there similarities in how this game kind of unfolded today as to week one? It felt like there were some things that were kind of deja vu moments yeah. as we watched it. Yeah, I think the thing that I was most pleased with talked about playing with a better fi- finishers mentality today. And, uh, you know, maybe last week where we kind of let Louisiana hang around and they got back a little bit into it and, you know, kind of make it a little bit more closer game. Uh, we didn't necessarily finish it off and slam the door, but we got it shut pretty good and, and, and didn't allow them to get back into to the, you know, kind of point where Louisiana was last week. All right, so that wraps that up. State highlights on the radio. And flip it over to Ole Miss highlights. David Kellum on the radio from Learfield IMG. A few of the highlights from there went over Arkansas. One formation for Corral. Third and goal from the two. He runs to his right. Flips it to the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown. Elijah Moore, the sophomore from Fort Lauderdale, hauls in the low pass and the Rebels strike first. First and goal from the one. The handoff to Phillips right side. He walks in the end zone. Touchdown. Ole Miss. The 19 to go in the game. Ole Miss leads 17-10. Seam route caught on the left side by Elijah Moore. He makes one move to the 20, the 15, back to the middle of the field. Put him in the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. And those highlights, David Kellum from the Ole Miss Network, Learfield IMG College. Matt Luke, after the game, talked about the atmosphere. I thought the the atmosphere was incredible. I thought the energy in the stadium was the best it's been in a long, long time. So I just want to thank our fans uh, for showing up. I think we really fed off that, especially late in in the second half. So I appreciate everybody for staying um, it was just a, a really um, tremendous SEC atmosphere, and I think I think it was the difference in the game. Um, proud of our staff and our players. I thought both sides of the ball had good plans, and I thought the players played really, really hard. So I think it's uh, something really good to build on moving forward. Matt, you talked all week about teams making a big jump between week one and week two. Were you able to see a place where maybe that jump happened on offense? Uh, well, I mean, even the first drive, we looked much more comfortable. We didn't look out of sync. Uh, you know they got a, they get you know really their interior D line is really good, so I knew uh, I knew we'd struggle with those guys um, inside, but just felt like we looked more comfortable. You know we had a couple of penalties in the red zone, an offensive pass interference, and a holding, um, but uh, just we seemed much more comfortable. The ball was coming out faster into the right spots, and uh, so I was really happy to see that. It's a big jump for Matt from week one to week two. All right, so there you go. A little Matt Luke after the game talked about the atmosphere really helping them. 
Three things. One on Twitter, two via the text line, all right? On Twitter, right now, coming out of the Mississippi State press conference with Joe Moorhead, information here. He said that starting guard Darian Parker is not expected to play this week. One of your starting offensive guards got hurt last week against Louisiana, did not play against Southern Miss. They are not expecting him to play for a second week now. Uh, coming up against Kansas State, 11 a.m. kick this Saturday. And he said everybody else bumps and bruises. On Tommy Stevens, the quarterback, he said he is day-to-day. Just like we talked about earlier, he said he's day-to-day. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, it may be. How does he feel later in the week? How does he feel when he throws a football? It could even be, you know, how does that – arm and everything and upper body feel when you throw the ball Saturday morning. So that could be the the sure enough day to day. And like I said too, I mean even if it if I was even pretty certain that Tommy Stevens was going to play if I was the coach, I would probably let it linger. Meaning I would say, yeah, he's day to day. Even if I was pretty confident he was going to play. Let him think about it. Why not? If you don't know for sure, it's just day to day. And a reminder that, like, Daryl Williams was day-to-day coming out of that first game and then played the entire ball game this past week against Southern Miss. So you just have to kind of see how that goes. On the text line, JR says, Hey, Matt, will Keaton Thompson start if Tommy Stevens cannot go? I doubt it. Now, we will have seen stranger things. You know, he was not the backup quarterback, even though he was in uniform this past week against Southern Miss. We saw that when Tommy went out of the game. They put Schrader in there. Schrader played really well. Seven of seven of ten or seven of eleven. But threw the ball well, had some runs, ran the offense, got him in the end zone. How many times? Three? Three times? Yep. Engineered three touchdown drives. And has not missed any practice, nor has he thought about transferring, at least not publicly. So I'd until I see otherwise, Jr. I just believe that if Tommy Stevens doesn't play, then Garrett Schrader, your QB of the future, does play. Norman, what about the D line, Matt? Do you think they shorted up better, or was USM run game just less of a test than ULL? You know, what did it wind up statistically for them? I know that. Southern Miss threw the ball pretty well. 18 of 26 is Jack Abraham stats. 18 of 26, 234, threw two touchdowns. He also threw the two interceptions. Southern Miss had 110 yards of rushing on 27 carries of 4.1 per carry average. No rushing touchdowns in the game. Their longest run was a 26. Yeah, so... You know, it's probably a difference in the two teams. I think Louisiana's pretty good. I think their running backs are good. You know, I think Louisiana has two running backs, Regus, number nine, and 15, Elijah Mitchell, who are both going to get chances to to make NFL teams. Drafted, I don't know, but they're both going to get a shot, I can promise you. I'm not sure Southern Miss has that. You know, if you look at just the ball carriers. And the other thing is, last week, Louisiana's offensive line is um, largely veteran. 
They had one guy banged up who's probably an NFL player. but So there's a difference in the personnel you face one week to the next. I do think that's part of it. But I also think, you know, go back and watch it. There's just no doubt that uh, State's defensive front 